Days are noticeably shorter, temps are colder, and if you're struggling to stick to that salad for lunch because mac and cheese or chocolate chip cookies sound a whole lot better, this episode is for you. Today, we're talking about why we're craving carb-rich foods so much more this time of year. Let's dive in. So, Carolyn, I just, I can't quit the carbs right now. I mean, I... I can't walk past the bread section <laughs> at the grocery store. I have been buying more like, you know, snacky crackers and chips and that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't usually stock up on those things. Well, and I usually love like a big salad for lunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like my entree and like, that's the last thing I want. Like, I want something with carbs. Yeah. Yeah. So... I remember that we were talking about other podcast stuff a few weeks ago, and I said to you, I was like, Carolyn, I just, I, can't, I, I don't know what has happened. It's like summer went bye bye in Alabama, which is, you know, which means we really get very little fall. So it goes yeah. from like hotter than Hades to I need a jacket. Yeah. And I messaged you, and I was like, I, I can't. I just, I have to eat all the bread. Like I'm driving across town for a special loaf of bread that I love. <laughs> Like, we need – what is going on? And and you said, I know what's going on. And I was like, you did? I mean, I remember being, like, so excited that you had answers for me. And that was when we were like, all right, we got to do an episode on this. Yes. Well, and I honestly pitched a story on why you crave carbs in the winter because I wanted to know why I was craving carbs so much more, like, in the in the colder months. Um so, yeah, what I found was really interesting. Um, so, increased carb cravings in the fall and winter can be a sign of seasonal affective disorder, um, which is a type of depression that you see in the darker, colder months, late fall, winter, usually starts to fade in early spring. But cupcake cravings in January aren't exactly a diagnostic <laughs> tool for depression, and I don't recommend using that to diagnose yourself with seasonal affective disorder or any other if so, mental wellness condition. If so, both my children would have perpetual <laughs> seasonal affective disorder. But, and, you know, there's a lot about seasonal affective disorder or SAD, and we actually have an episode on that coming um, in 2022 because there's a lot to dig into. But the cravings can be an indicator of it. Um, and, you know, there's, there's several different reasons. Yeah, so like another reason that we crave, you know, carbs and just in general, like maybe our appetite is a little bit more heightened or it feels more heightened, right, in the winter, goes back to our caveman tendencies, which I really, I mean, I don't want to, I kind of like that it's a little bit of a crutch. Like, oh, yeah, like this is built into our bodies. This is how we were like, not just raised, but formed back in the day. I kind of like that primitive connection. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But the, the theory by some is that, you know, um, your body, you eat more in the winter so you could stockpile um, to stay warm, but then also have fuel. So And to you know, survive. Yeah. And to survive. Yeah. So we eat more calories. We're, we yeah. We're programmed more. by some to take in more calories when the weather gets colder. Yeah. You even found a really cool study. Yeah. Um, one study found that people eat about 200 more calories a day when the days get shorter and darker. Um, not only do we seek more food, though, we might even eat it faster. 
Here's the thing about that study that I would like to know. (laughs) When they assessed more calories, I would like to know if they dug into the form of more calories. Because right now I'm thinking 200 more calories. I had that last night with my extra glass of wine because it got dark at 4 o'clock. Yeah, 200 doesn't seem quite what I'm consuming right now. (laughs) No, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm wondering how they got that too. But still, super helpful to think about slash not feel, you know, like you've gone on the runaway carb train or runaway whatever train if you know that research actually shows that people kind of like have a little uptick in their calorie consumption in the winter. And I do want to make it clear, like this, your carb cravings, um, you can have the increase, increased carb cravings in the winter without ever having seasonal affective disorder. That carb cravings can just yes. be a sign of that. But we're just talking about, in general, walking around, why are those carb-rich foods just, like, jumping out at you? Yes. And also, we're really focusing more today on appetite versus hunger, yes. right? Like, that desire to eat something yes. versus, like, that actual true, true... I'm hungry for. So, yeah, I'll give you my 101 definition. Yeah. Um, Hunger is a true physiological need by the body to eat. That's when you have the stomach pains. It's honestly a point that a lot of people rarely get to because we just constantly have food or drink around us. But it's a true physiological need. Appetite is psychological. So appetite, even though you may think you're feeling hungry, a lot of times it's just appetite. You see something, you think about something, you smell something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it generates that appetite. And we touched on that a little bit more in depth on the appetite concept when we did our episode on intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. I forgot about because that. Because we talked about how so many folks will say like, oh, I just, I couldn't intermittent fast because my blood sugar would just drop and I would be starving. And we talked about how you can kind of slowly work through that and that that isn't actually what's happening. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, a quick nod to that episode if anybody wants to dive in. So a lot of these, this carb issue that we're having, <laughs> at least you and I, has to do with the day's getting shorter, there being less hours of daylight. Um, And the reason is, do you want to share? Well, it's kind of twofold, right? Or rather, there's like two different hormone changes that we're experiencing. And, and what's cool about this explanation is I think that people have people will really they will understand this because they're familiar with these hormones, right? So when there are these like shorter daylight hours, right? Mm -hmm. You your melatonin production increases and your melatonin is that hormone that we all think of with sleep. Some of us might take melatonin as a supplement. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's going to make you a little bit more sleepy. Yeah. um, Your natural melatonin production is tied in to daylight and night. It's tied into your circadian clock in your body. So it is designed that when it gets dark you know, your melatonin production goes up. It's supposed to be what helps you get to sleep and stay asleep. I kind of wish that mine was a little bit more in tune with the daylight hours. I think it's just a little off. What do you mean? Well, I would really like to go to bed a little earlier and wake up a little earlier. Like, I've always wanted to be that morning I person. that's another issue. But you know that <laughs> that's, that's another. That, you can't blame that on melatonin. Well, I'm, I'm yes. I've been at your house in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, the time so, change in the spring isn't going to fix that. No, no, it's going to make it worse. Okay, so your melatonin production goes up. So you, yeah, so you're maybe feel more sluggish, more tired. You just don't really feel like maybe doing that workout. Exactly. All of those yeah. things. And your serotonin levels actually go down again because of the shortened daylight hours. Yeah, your serotonin decreases. And again, that feel good chemical neurotransmitter in your brain that's so key that a lot of your um, antidepressants work to stimulate um, serotonin activity right. to, to help with depression and anxiety. So the problem when your serotonin levels are down is that it totally impacts your mood. Um, and it doesn't just, you know, make you like a little cranky or, you know, even, I don't know, like less or more tired rather, but it can actually like it, some of the symptoms or signs rather of low serotonin is feeling anxious, low or depressed, irritable or aggressive. You could have some sleep issues or feel f just generally like fatigued throughout the day um, and feeling impulsive is another one. And then there's like that, you know, having a decreased appetite or craving sweets and carb-rich foods. I can't believe decreased appetite is in that list, but... I know. Yes, that I wish that was a serotonin issue for me. But anyway, yes, craving sweets and carb-rich foods. So basically, you've got higher levels of melatonin um, making you feel more sluggish and tired, and then you've got lower levels of serotonin making you just feel anxious or irritable or just not yourself, um, maybe even a little depressed. Yeah. So put those two together. Right, and you're drawn to carbs. Yes. So, and, and you were saying earlier, it's almost like it's conscious and unconscious that we can be drawn to carbs. Yeah. What I found was really interesting when I was researching the article that prompted us to do this episode is the unconscious aspect you know we we know what like you and i are what we were talking about earlier we know we are driving across town to get that bread or yeah. we know that's the conscious but there is an unconscious aspect too that you may not realize is going on so the thing is with carbs right is that they give us like a kick up in blood sugar and that gives us a burst of energy. So if you're feeling sluggish, you know, and you have that like unconscious like knowledge, right, that carbs are going to give you energy, you're going to reach for them. But we're also unconsciously drawn to carbs because they can play a role in production of serotonin. So we may be reaching for those carbs because of how it it boosts our serotonin in our brain. It makes us feel good. Exactly. You know? Like you're basically getting like a jolt of happy. Yeah. So um, research suggests that the consumption of carbohydrate-rich snacks or meals without a lot of protein in them can increase the synthesis of the neurotransmitter serotonin. Yeah. Which I found so interesting. So, you know, we may be reaching for them um, because we want that mental boost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In like, addition to the blood sugar boost. Right. You, know? you get some energy. You get some happy, you know, I'm, and come on. I mean, they taste good. Yeah. Yeah. So, But I never, before this article, I'd never stopped to think that, like, how much is my brain playing into this? Like, is it telling me to get them 
Because I want that boost mentally. Yeah, because you want that like just like shot of yeah joy and also alert energy. Yeah. Okay, but there's a drawback, obviously, right? And that's that like the positive effects that you see in your energy and also on your mood from eating carbs and getting that like energy and serotonin, et cetera, et cetera, is kind of short lived, especially if they are those like refined carbs. Mm -hmm. And those are the cookies, the cakes, the white bread, the the candy, the crackers, like things that don't have fiber or protein in them as well to help like slow down your digestion. Yeah. And because what happens, right, is that they your blood sugar spikes and then if there isn't that fiber or protein in it to kind of blunt that spike, then insulin comes in in and then all of a sudden you have that crash later on and that crash is that doesn't feel good. No. No. So anyway, what ends up happening is you create this like perpetual cycle, right, of you're craving the carbs, you seek them out, you get the boost you want, then you get the crash. Yeah. But with that boost, yes, you get the boost in blood sugar, but I, what I came to understand is that you also get that boost in your brain. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and it becomes, you can't stop. Right. Right. Like, I'm not going to say it's addictive but it has that uh, almost like the way it, it's described the way that we read it it's almost like it has like an addictive like quality to yeah. it and the more we talk i'm kind of feeling like i have an issue <laughs> yeah i mean i'm also still thinking about that sourdough right across town okay All right, so, so what do you do yeah like if you want to rein it in and i'm going to say if is the key word if you want to rein it in or just yeah try to eat your carbs but in some healthier parameters right like what do we do right so we have a few tips mm-hmm. we're gonna go through those take it away carolyn take okay it away first one is to choose slow carbs those more complex slow to digest carbs these are ones that are going to be higher in fiber typically they may have a little protein too but you definitely want the fiber because they're as you said they're going to blunt that blood glucose spike um, and if you, the, you know, the less high that spike is, the less tendency you have for it to dip below um, normal levels later. Um, so carb-rich foods that are good for that, your beans, peas, vegetables, um, barley, oats, quinoa. Other whole um, grains. Other whole grains, yeah. Um, they have a slow, gradual impact on your glucose levels because they have that fiber and they keep you satiated. For longer, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Duh, that's the word. But, they, yeah, they keep you feeling fuller longer. Yeah. And, you know, I have found a few, like, healthier carbs i guess that i have learned like i will eat more of those like brown rice Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like i will eat more than i'm supposed to they don't satiate me as much as like quinoa you know so i've learned to kind of watch like you know whole grain spaghetti i'm still gonna eat a big old bowl you know like right they don't satiate me as much so I guess what I'm saying is, like, be aware of what carbs you're safe around and what you aren't. But, like, I do feel much more satiated, like, if I ate quinoa or ate oatmeal or I ate, you know, beans. Well, and so I totally agree with you. I also have a love affair with white pasta. Bucatini is my pasta of choice, which, side note, we'll talk about this another day. But you should see what happens to Will when I send him to the grocery store to get Bucatini. I mean, he... 
twice now. He's had like a come apart in the pasta aisle. <laughs> anyway, but so because I have this love affair with white pasta, I will make a meat sauce with it because I get that I yeah. get that like satisfying hearty sauce. So I still have my white pasta, but then I'm not like eating three quarters of the box yeah. of white pasta. That would be key. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Our next tip is don't go too low carb. Yeah. So, or be aware, like, if you are trying to eat healthier after the holidays, you know, get on some kind of plan or the word we're not supposed to say diet, that type of thing. A lot of people may be cutting back their carbs significantly, going pretty low carb with keto or doing something, you know, like low Atkins. carb, like Atkins. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do decide to do something like that, <clears throat> pay attention um, to your body, your mind after a few days or a week. Just kind of evaluate how you are mentally. Yeah. Um, because, you know, some people cannot go too low carb because um, it affects their serotonin. Now, some people will find no difference. But if you do find that you, you know, it ha- is affecting you mentally, you're just feeling more depressed or more anxious or more irritable yeah. or just like short tempered. Yeah. Then this doesn't mean that you have to scratch whatever eating plan you're following, but don't go as low carb. Right. You know, like, there's, you know, you can still eat 100 to 130 grams of carbohydrate a day, and that's low carb for most people. Uh, may not meet Dr. Atkins' definition of low carb, but, you know, that's still lower carbohydrate. Well, and also, you don't forget that you can get carbs from fruits and mm-hmm. from dairy and from vegetables. So if you still want to, you know, ban those traditional uh, like carbs from your diet in that time period you can still get yeah, we're not saying eat the pasta or anything but right. you could eat you know but if you want to eat the bucatini and... please do yeah <laughs> anyway that's just something to be aware of because i know people will probably get on healthier eating kicks after the holidays and i think it's just important to be aware just kind of take inventory after if you go really low carb I love that tip. Like, just to, like, do it for a few days and then take a little inventory of your mental wellness. Yeah. Okay. I really like this next tip. Okay. Don't skip workouts. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was just a collective groan from every listener that heard that. All right. Now, everybody knows that I like, if you've been a listener here before, you know that I really like physical activity for mental health. So the winter is challenging because, A, the weather is colder and it, you don't really want to get outside as much. B, the days are shorter. So unless you're going to, like, wear a reflective vest and a headlamp, which I, I've done before, but I'm not in that stage of my life right now where I wish to do that. It Was makes that it a little... that stage where you cooked everything from scratch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one, too. hmm Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Here's the thing, though, is that it still is really important to get in your exercise. Um, what's cool about some of the research is that you don't actually need a lot of exercise to get the benefits. But that physical activity can boost serotonin production. It can also lower your stress and also lower your food cravings. You know what? I 
hate to admit it because I hate working out in the winter. I hate cold weather. Yeah. Um, I live in the right state for that. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do if I lived farther north. Um, But I have found keeping my activity up is so key for me mentally during those cold months, even though it's the last thing I want to do some days. I totally agree. Yeah. And the nice part is that, like, research shows that even, uh, like, a brief 15 minutes can give you that serotonin boost. And I like that because that's like, oh, I can go take the dog for a walk. Mm -hmm. Or I can walk up to pick the girls up at school and walk back. And now I've gotten in 15 minutes. Well, and getting outside to do something, you want to do, if it is just walking the dog or getting the girls from school, um, that the sunlight, the daylight will stave off the melatonin production until night when you really need it. Right. So that helps things too. Mm -hmm. Good point. All right. Carolyn doesn't like the next one, just so y'all know. (laughs) Um, Don't forget your water. I do like it. I just feel like it's so like a dietitian thing to say like. Oh, yeah. You you know, drink water instead of eat carbs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're not saying that for the record, but I do understand how that could be the assumption. And also, though, we were both talking about before we started recording that neither one of us really likes to drink water in the winter because we're already, like, naturally cold. And now you want me to put something cold I've noticed my my consumption goes so down of water, goes down dramatically in the winter. And so... This tip was kind of interesting to me. I never considered that me not getting enough water or not the same amount of water maybe having an effect on, you know, my energy levels and how I and how I felt outlook wise. Yeah. Well, so there was a study that where researchers looked at how increasing or decreasing water intake affected mood. They found that people who usually drink a lot of water felt less calm, less content, and more tense when their water intake dipped. That's me? Yeah. So. Wow. And I just, I've never, wow, I'm going to really pay attention. Well, so then my water. they also, though, looked at when they increased participants' water intake and people that did that, like, said that they were happier and it was regardless of how much water they normally drank. So they just yeah. had, like, their baseline, I guess, and just went up yeah, from there. increased it a little. And yeah. they all, or not all, but most of the people said they felt more happiness. I will take that in January and February. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually, so uh, going back to the water thing, like, because I really, truly don't like cold water or even, like, room temperature water in the winter, and I don't like the idea of drinking plain hot water either. Mm-hmm. I know some people do that, but I just... Don't, I find that just not enjoyable at all. So I bought an electric tea kettle, and I drink a ton of herbal tea That's a great instead. Idea. And the electric tea kettle is, like, so easy, right? Because it's like, boom, heat it up. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't, I don't, I'm not big on cold water to begin with, but I don't even like room temp water in the winter. No. no. Okay. Right. Two more tips. So ladle up your soups and stews. So soups, hearty soups, stews, they are super filling. Well, they warm you up. So there's the kind of comfort aspect to that. Yes. Um, They're super filling and 
they can add a little bit to your water intake, your daily hydration. I know, because you can get hydrated from foods too. Yeah. But really, um, you know, when you think about eating a, a bowl of soup, even if it's just a vegetable soup, you are full. Like there's something about that warmth and then the just the heartiness of the soup that really fills you up. It yeah. makes you feel content. Yeah, I mean, literally the volume of it helps. Like, and there is yeah. research about that. Like, because the vol- like soup is like a high water, high volume food. I also like soup because I get to have a little bit of bread with the soup. <laughs> of course you do. Just saying. Just saying. But yeah, look for ones that have some vegetables in them or legumes, beans. Make sure you find one that's got a little protein in there somehow, whether it's through beans or lean proteins. Exactly. That'll help with satiety as well. All right. Last tip. We have talked about vitamin I know. D. Can we even call this a tip? Because I think we just need to put this some repeat. I think we just need to say like, okay, this is a great time to revisit your vitamin D supplement. Yeah. And we're saying that this is a great time to do that because remember that vitamin D, your body can make vitamin D when you are exposed to sunlight. We're getting less exposure and also the angle of the sun because of the winter is less direct. Yeah. So, But even during the summer months, most of us are not able to make enough vitamin D on our own when we do have that full amount of sunlight. Right. So it's even more impaired in the winter. Right. So if you decided for the summer to take a little hiatus, now is definitely the time to get back on the bandwagon. A hiatus with their supplement? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So vitamin D supplement, I take D3, and I take um, about 1,000 IUs a day in my supplement. Now, you, like the other form, you do do the dropper, and you just take it like twice a week. Yeah. I take it like twice a week. And I usually take up to 4,000 IU in a day, which is the yeah. upper limit recommendation. Yeah. To And I take it, you know, I just do a couple drops in either like a smoothie or a latte or something like that. Yeah. You just don't want your total for the week to go over 28,000. Yeah. Did I do my math right? Yeah. 28,000 IUs. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Those are all of our tips. Um, now, hopefully, we've given you a little bit of research on why we're craving more carbs in the winter. I'm curious if you crave more carbs in the winter. But also, we talked about how we want to. We are going to do an episode on seasonal affective disorder. So, slide into our DMs or comment on our social media posts in some way, shape, or form, and let us know what you want to know about seasonal affective disorder because there is a lot of information out there, and there are a lot of, like, products. I want to try some of those lights. So do I. That'd be so cool. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Les, can we get one of those in here? (laughs) Yes, he said yes. Yes. Okay, well, hopefully this helps you understand some of your carb cravings this winter, the colder months, a little better. And gives you some tips to not avoid them, but just rein them in. Yeah, be mindful. Be mindful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. 
We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.